Hey guys, hope you're all doing well. Uh, my name is Josh Phelps. I'm on staff here at Eastern Kentucky University. And so I'm going to be giving you all this talk on preaching the gospel to yourself daily. So I hope you guys had a really Merry Christmas. I can say Merry Christmas because it's before Christmas, so I don't have to say Happy New Year's yet. Um, but I hope you guys are doing well. I hope, I know it's not what we expected, but I hope you got to talk to some friends and family over this break. And um, I hope you all are ready to get back to campus. and hope you all are going back in January. And so I know this has been a really weird year and a really weird season. And um, I know you guys are probably Zoom fatigued. I am. I hate Zoom right now. But I hope you've gotten benefits from it and got to grow in it. And so I want to start this whole conversation, this preaching the gospel to yourself daily. You probably saw that and thought, oh, okay, like, what is that? How can I get advice from this? All that. I want to start that by asking a question. I love questions. I love gauging you all. And so my question to you, why you think, and while I sit my coffee for a second, is who do you think is the most influential person in your life? Well, maybe you thought your parents. Maybe you thought your friends. Maybe uh, someone on Instagram. I don't have a TikTok. If you have a TikTok, maybe TikTok. I'm not a TikToker. Um, maybe a professional athlete. Maybe you want to emulate who they are. So who's the most influential person in your life? Now, my argument, and who I would say, is that you yourself are actually your most influential person in your life. What your words say about you carry more than anything else. And so I say that, and um, I want to give you all a little bit about my story so you can know where I'm coming from here. I grew up in London, Kentucky, a very small town in eastern Kentucky, uh, I love it. It was a great place. And so growing up there, it was very legalistic. Um, I was very much someone who I had to be good enough. Playing sports, I had this mentality of I needed to be good enough. I needed to be the best player, the best athlete, all that. And so growing up, I had all this pressure on myself. And so what came with that was I had a lot of shame and a lot of guilt when I didn't meet my standards. Um, when I failed or when I wasn't good enough, a lot of anxiety and a lot of guilt hit me. I realized I wasn't a great of a person I wanted to be and I would never be that. Um, there, my standards were too high for myself. And so I realized really quickly that I wasn't going to meet the standards. And even in my own faith, you know, growing up, I thought I was a Christian and I thought I uh, pretty much I thought I was, gonna, I was good enough to get in heaven. I thought I was a good person, good people get in heaven. And I quickly realized, and you would probably understand this, and if you're walking with the Lord, you probably know that you can't be good enough to get in heaven. You know, I, I saw sin in my life, and I saw that I was broken, and I needed a Savior. And so the what Christ did on the cross on Calvary, that grace, that's what set me free. Um, and so then after coming to know the Lord, I still struggled with shame and guilt um, anxiety, depression. I still struggled with all that. And so I thought to myself, um, and it took me a while learning this, but preaching the gospel to myself is how I can fix that shame, anxiety, and guilt, how I can heal that, how God heals that. And so what I would start with, and even as I mentioned in my story a little bit, my your hardest critic, my hardest critic, it's ourselves. You know, whether it's unmet expectations, it's pressure put on by others, even pressure you put on yourself, naturally we're going to be stressed out. Naturally, we are a burdensome people. 
We are right now the most stressed out generation, lonely generation that there ever has been. And so what I would say is you probably know that. You probably know that you're having a hard time, and you probably have a hard time believing uh, that it's okay. You probably, have, you probably struggle with doubt or stress or shame. Um, and so it's hard to think of you, yourself and not in that situation. And so, but we're okay being stuck in this. So we're actually okay with ourselves being stuck in this anxious, this stressed out situation because that's what's comfortable to us. That's what I would say too. We don't want the uncomfortability of it. And so you love comfortability. You love uh, whatever is easy in life. We do. We're naturally, we like that. And why I would say that is because the hard thing in life, the hard thing that we go through um, is Christ telling us the gospel. It's hearing who he is. And having and allowing Christ to speak into who we are, that is where uncomfortability comes from. And that's something we struggle with. Because when we allow the gospel to speak into our story, we have a hard time hearing, a, hearing that we're a son or daughter of Christ when we believe that we're, or we struggle with shame or guilt. We have a hard time seeing that God loves us when we have a hard time loving ourselves. And so it's it's interesting because we will sometimes stick to our comfortability of our view of ourselves, and we don't want to align our view of ourselves with God when it can be uncomfortable. And so what I would say is before we start this, if we are if the topic here is preaching the gospel to ourselves, um then what is the gospel? What are we preaching to ourselves? We're always preaching something to ourselves, but what is this gospel? What are you telling me I should preach to myself? Um, and so I want us to camp out in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 for a little bit. won't be long, but I would like this, and I think this is a great passage to see what the gospel is. And so I'm going to read it to you all. Um, if you're listening to this and you want to, you can flip your Bibles to Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Um, I'm going to give you all a lot of scripture later on. And so it'll probably be tagged on here, all the different scripture I use. And then if you're listening via audio or driving your car, you can just listen along. So I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him. In the heavenly place in Christ Jesus, so that in coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. And so this is a great uh little passage that I love to talk to people about when I think of the gospel. And so when we start off, we see the brokenness. I think for the gospel to be good news, there has to be something bad you're hearing first. And for it to be the worse the bad news is, the better the good news is. And so we start out here, and it's it's harsh. 
It says, you were dead in trespasses and sin which you once walked. But we see that here. I don't think it's, I don't think I have to convince anyone that they are a bad person or they struggle with that. We live in a broken world. This world, you see everything going on. We see, even right now, you see uh, a pandemic taking millions of, or thousands of lives. You see murder. You see just unrest, injustice. You see racial injustice everywhere. And it breaks people's heart. And because that's because we are a creation, a creature longing for redemption. We're we living in a broken world. And so as you're listening, you may be asking, uh, what why why do I need to know that? Why do I need to see all this brokenness? And so where did it all come from? Well we and so what I say is we look back at the beginning of the Bible when Adam and Eve and seeing that the brokenness came from this world and into the world in the very beginning when Adam and Eve chose the apple, they chose themselves over God. And we've seen that in history time and time again. And so right now, I could, we could say we're in this in-between stage. We know life, it there seems to be more, but we are also stuck in this broken cycle. And so we're longing for something more. We long to be renewed. We long for peace. And so that's where it has us. We're we're hopeless right now. Without God, you're hopeless. And so we see that. We see this unbroken and unholy people. And so what do they have to do with this holy God here? Um, and so I think that's the beauty of the gospel. You see, because God is holy and just, he cannot let us let corruption in heaven. And so that's the that's the big the shift we're in. We struggle with seeing. And that's even what I said earlier. When we look at ourselves, we know that we don't make meet the standard of heaven. We know we cannot be good enough to get in heaven. And so we can be hopeless at times. But you see, the good news of the gospel is that we don't have to be that way. Look at verse 4. A really powerful verse here. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us. You see, but God intervened. You see, God is merciful. He knew that we were hopeless on our own. So he, taking the form as a man, Christ, he came to this earth. He traded a crown of glory for this world and he gave and he gave him a crown of thorns. God knew that to give us hope, he would have to come to earth, live a perfect life, and die on the cross, a death that we deserve as humans. He died for us. And so that when we trust in him, we could be set free. We could be in heaven with him. And it's all by grace. We see here in Ephesians, the gospel is the grace of God. It's being lavished on us, guys. No amount of brokenness, no amount of sin, no despair. When you trust in Christ, the news of Jesus, judging man turns from the scariest thing to the sweetest news. Something we're scared of becomes something we cherish and love. You see, trusting in Christ allows us the freedom to live for Christ. We don't have to be good enough. For me, when I when I go back to my own story, when I realized that God set me free, that I am forgiven, that I'm loved, it was I didn't have to be good enough to get to heaven, that he did it for me. It was that freedom, it was that newness that allowed me, a, that changed, that changed in me, gave me a hope. And you see, his sins were put on Jesus at Calvary. Every past sin you ever committed, every sin you struggle with now, and every future sin, there you're forgiven. In Christ, you're brand new. It's radical, it's different. And it seems too good to be true. 
but it isn't. The gospel is Christ saving us free. Uh, a verse, uh, the reason I'm preaching on Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is because uh, 8 and 9 are my wife verses, you could say. Um, I'm just going to read it to you. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing, the gift of God. Just right there. Guys, the, the gospel is us being saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Not by good works, but by faith. And it's not your own doing. Because there's nothing we can do to earn God's favor. But he lavishes on us. He forgives us. He loves us. And so, and it's a gift of God. And I love how verse 9 puts it, not a result of works, so no man may boast. It's a result of God's grace to us, his forgiveness, his mercy. And so, that's the gospel. The gospel is good news to a hopeless people, that we don't have to be hopeless anymore. That in Jesus, he can set us free. And so, now that we know the gospel, uh, why do we preach it to ourselves? You know, as I mentioned earlier, going back, as I said, we, we struggle, our most influential person in our lives is ourself. And so, I would say, if who, if who you are, if yourself is saying something about yourself every day, wouldn't you want it to be the truth of the gospel? And you see, the part what I want to camp out first is a thought, theology that you believe and a theology that you tell yourself. Okay, the hardest part of our life isn't any specific sin, but the hardest thing for you on a daily basis is believing the gospel. That's what you struggle with most. What you believe is exactly that. It's what your mind says is true. And so this is what you agree with, but the theology you tell yourself is aimed more towards yourself. You say you may tell yourself that you're a son or daughter of God, and you may believe that mentally, that you are righteous, you're forgiven, you're loved because of what Jesus did. But in moments of... When, you're, when you fall into sin or temptations at your doorstep, um, when you go through a hard time in life, the theology you tell yourself doesn't look like I'm a son or daughter of God. It may look like I'm an outcast or I'm worthless. You see, our mentally we may believe Christ died for us and we're a forgiven, forgiven son or daughter, but in our hearts we struggle to believe that. And so preaching that to ourselves preaching to us that we are forgiven, that we are loved, that in Jesus we are set free. That is what can ease our soul and our body. In Romans 7, uh, Romans is one of my favorite books of the Bible. In Romans 7, Paul's talking about how his flesh and his heart disagree. And that's a lot of times where we're at. Our flesh and our mind or our heart may disagree with us multiple times, believing we're not good enough and not doing what we want it to do. But you see, when we preach the gospel to ourselves, we are telling ourselves who we are. We may not believe at the moment, but we are telling our feelings the truths we know. So we may believe Christ died for us, and many of us that are Christians watching this, it's a pillar of the faith you believe. And so you all believe mentally, and yet you preach to yourself something else. And so it's because, just like I said, our flesh is so easily tempted, so easily broken. And we need to understand and hear that Christ died for us. As what would help us believe the gospel is continually hearing and us telling ourselves that Christ died for us. Telling ourselves that he has forgiven us. That we are, made, we are new in him. We are righteous. We are redeemed. And so, one of the biggest things I think here also is what are we meditating on? 
So I want to ask you that. On a daily basis, what do you think on? For me, to put it candidly, I think of um, disc golf a lot. I've gotten into that over quarantine. and can be good, can be bad at times, but I think on disc golf. I think on, uh, I joined CrossFit, so I think I'm trying to be a, uh, better, get in better shape. Um, being married to my wife, I think on how, sometimes how do I kind of love her? How is she doing today? And so we think on all these different things. And if we're not careful, we can let those tell us who we are over what Christ says. And so let's say I'm working out here in CrossFit or I'm with my wife and she's having a bad day. I can let the competitiveness of that affect who I am and tell me who I am. Whether it's doing good in a workout and being prideful or boastful or doing bad in a workout being shameful. And you see, that's where that's why preaching the gospel can be so handy and so in-depthful. We need the gospel to be the anchor of who we are. And we need the gospel to anchor us in everything. And so let me ask you that. Does the gospel of Jesus affect and influence your view on yourself? Does it let you influence your view on your of how you interact with your neighbor, your friends, your uh, your roommates, do we allow that to? And so, you see, we're always preaching some gospel to ourselves. All the gospel means is good news. We're always preaching a gospel to ourselves. And so, a question I would really think would be good for you to ponder on is what gospel are you preaching? Are you preaching a, a gospel that tells you that you're not good enough? Or are you preaching the gospel of Jesus? Are you preaching a gospel that says you need to be better at school, at work, with your friends, with your family? Or are you preaching the gospel that says Christ has done it for you? That you're forgiven, you're made new. And you see, it may not be good news, but the gospel of Jesus is always good news. So the world will tell us multiple different things. And so when we trust in Christ and when we continue to hear who, what he has done for us and who he is, that news that we are telling ourselves will be, continue to be good news. It is good news to know you're forgiven and that you're made new. And that's what I said earlier. The, in the beginning of Ephesians 2, all the brokenness we struggle with, all the shame and guilt, all that bad news that we struggle with so badly, it makes the good news more. You see, <clears throat> a... When we struggle with, when we think we're not that bad, then the good news isn't that good. But when we think we're terrible, when we struggle with depression, anxiety, when we struggle with the guilt and shame, and we see that God just loves us still, He loves us through our sin, He loves us because He sees Christ in us, we have trust in Him, we are set free, Christ has died for those sins, that news, that is good news. That is freedom. And so, guys, that is the gospel, and why to preach it to yourself. And so we've seen what the gospel is. We've seen why do we preach it to ourselves. And so now I want to get really a- applicable. How do we preach it to ourselves? Okay, Josh, you've, you've told me what the gospel is. You've told me why I should preach it to myself. Well, how do we preach it to ourselves? Um, and so if you're listening along on audio, I'm going to explain these, but if you're watching, you'll see a little PowerPoint, and I have all these points. But here are the big ways we preach it to ourselves. 
I think the first one is, if you haven't trusted in Christ yet, it's completely trusting in Him. The gospel is good news for those who believe in here. And so you're, you're on the fence. You're thinking, man, do I really want to trust in Jesus? Is He really worth it? He is. He forgives you for your sin. He loves you. He cherishes you. He wants you to be your son or daughter. And so trust in Him. God is pursuing you for a reason. And so I think we have to anchor it there. We have to trust in Christ. And so more than that, after trusting Christ, then what? How do we preach it to ourselves? Well, one big thing I would be saying is getting into God's Word. And so we can, a lot of people can see that and you can think, oh, I need to get into God's Word to be a good enough person. That's not it. Guys, reading God's Word, looking at who God is, we do that to see God more. We do that to remind ourselves of what God says about us. You know, I'm very much a morning person. My wife is not a morning person. Um, but every when I get up in the mornings, I'll get up, I'll drink my coffee. I love coffee. I'm too addicted. But I'll sit there and get into God's Word so I can know and set my day with who God tells me I am, that I'm a son of His, I'm forgiven, that I'm made new. So maybe it's not the morning, maybe it's at lunch, getting into God's Word and hearing truths about who He is, who He says you are, hearing what God has done for you. And so we get into God's Word to spend quality time with the Lord and for Him to see, for us to see who, what God says about us and who He is, what kind of Father He is. Another thing I think preaching gospel to yourself is memorizing scripture that says gospel. What I would question here is what verses that you uh, run to when you're struggling? What are verses that you run to when, whether you're struggling with pride or being boastful, or whether you're probably struggling with shame and being guilty? What are some verses you run to? I'm actually going to read off uh, about five or six different verses that Maybe you have seen, or if you don't have any verses that you can run to the gospel, here are some of them. Uh, a lot of my, I asked some of my good friends, what are verses that you all run to, to preach yourself the gospel? And these are verses that I was given to me. And so I'd love to read a few of them. Uh, if you need any, or they'll be in the PowerPoint, or they'll probably be in the description of this. So I'm going to start out with Colossians 1. 20 to 22. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in the body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless, above reproach before him. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Second Timothy eight thirteen. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also 
obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy and true. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Read Romans. Go to it. 5 verse 8. And then 8 verse 1. So here's Romans 5 8. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 8 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, guys, I think that's one way he too. Finding scripture that tells you the gospel and scripture that you can lean on and memorize to when you're struggling or when you need the gospel, you can remind yourself it. I think another way you preach the gospel to yourself is being either proactive or reactive. And so that's a little confusing, but let me explain. So proactive. When we preach the gospel, we're always either in a proactive state or a reactive state. Proactive is to fight sin, you may say, to be not in a situation. Um, but we're also proactive when we pursue God, getting into His Word, going to church. The proactive part of preaching the gospel is giving us truths now that we will need later. The reactive part is when we are struggling with sin, doubt, or failure. It's fighting the lies we believe in ourselves, the lies that we tell about ourselves, and hearing what Christ tells about us. When your mind tells you you're not good enough, you're broken, it's having the gospel truths of saying, but yet Christ calls you new. Whether that Christ forgives you, that you're a, say, you're a forgiven son or daughter of the king. And so we're either in one of the two situations. So we must be proactive to be ready for the reactive, because we'll both be, be in both. And so the last way I would say how to preach the gospel to yourself is you go into church. This is one of the biggest avenues to preach the gospel to yourself if at church. Hearing the gospel preached because, and this is sad news, but it's true, other voices in your life are probably more powerful than yours. And so when we go to church and when we are involved in a local healthy church that preaches the gospel every week, it's vital for your Christian walk. You are hearing the good news of who Jesus is every Sunday. And so after hearing that, we can go out and preach to ourselves again and again. So guys, that's what I have for you all. And what I would pray and what I'm hoping for you guys is that if you didn't know the gospel before this, that you know it. That Christ died for you. That you are a forgiven son or daughter if you trust in him. And so I would beg that you trust in Jesus. And if you've heard the gospel over and over again, then I would beg to tell you to preach it to yourself. Preach to yourself who Christ says you are. Preach to yourself who God is, that he's a loving father, that he is just and merciful, that he is tenderhearted, he is low to the near, he is low-hearted to you. And so I just want to pray for you all at this time, and I will hope that you all are enjoying these comeback conference videos. Um, so let me pray. Dear Lord, God, we just thank you for what you're doing in all these students' lives. God, I pray that you would be close to them. Allow them to hear the gospel, to 
start to learn the discipline of preaching to himself. God, be near to them during this break. Keep them safe. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Hope you all enjoyed the conference and hope you guys are learning a lot.